Welcome to Massive Late Fee, and now your hosts, Mark and Carol. Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to that good old Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark. With me, as always, is my girlfriend, Carol. How you doing today, Carol? Hey, what's up? How much? It's been a good week here. It is December 7th. How is that possible? 1996. We're speeding our way to 1997. Carol, do you remember when it was 1994? And it wasn't even, it was maybe the beginning of the mid-90s. Now we're, it's going to be the late 90s. 97 yeah. will be the late 90s, right? Yeah, I think this 97 is the beginning of the late 90s. The year 2000, which seemed like such a futuristic, fantastical year when I was younger, now seems like it's becoming more of a reality. Well, yeah, because it's only like three years away. What What is the year 2000 going to be like? Well, it's not going to have flying cars like we hoped. I hope not, yeah. Well, what's You the, hope not? I, I don't want flying cars. Why? I don't want flying. Oh, well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> what is 1997 going to bring us, though? Um, Will it be the greatest year in pop culture history? I think it's going to bring us more in debt. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, speaking of debt... I'll bet some of these actors have some debts to pay off, which is why they're in these movies. Uh, from Santa to Kathy Lee, TV is ready to spread some cheer, Carol. Okay. As usual, there's something for everyone in Santa's TV gift bag this year. Here's a shopping guide to Yuletide programming highlights on network and cable TV. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So the movies, Mrs. Santa Claus, 8 p.m., on uh, WWJ, which is CBS, Angela Lansbury stars in this original musical as Santa's wife, who gets lost in New York while oh testing out a time-saving, round-the-world route to her husband, Charles Durings, reindeer-powered sleigh. What the fuck? It's an Angela Lansbury Christmas carol. <laughs> and you are Christmas carol, right? That's what I everyone's going to call you. So, at, at the end of me reading this, because this is the only news story I have today. At You're the, slacking. At the end of this, I want you to tell me which one, if we had to watch, you would watch. Okay. A different kind of Christmas. Uh, Monday on Lifetime. A tale of a woman, Shelley Long, who always felt ignored by her father, who believes he is Santa Claus and only wants to bring joy to the world. So... She's ignored by her mentally ill father. Right. Who believes he's Santa Claus. All right. But because he's not the real Santa Claus kids at home. Uh, Christmas in my hometown. Uh, another CBS uh, one. Tim Matheson plays a corporate Scrooge who comes to small town Nebraska just before Christmas to downsize a factory that employs most of the community. Wow. So, listen. Merry Christmas, folks. Bill Murray did this movie much better, and it's called Scrooge. <laughs> Just watch Scrooge. It's right. a really good movie. It came out, like, I don't know, five years ago? No, probably like eight years ago. But anyway, it's a good movie. Uh, the Angel of Pennsylvania Avenue. <laughs> on the Are they playing Monopoly? On the Family Channel. During the Depression, a father, Robert Urich is falsely accused of a crime, and his family struggles to get him home for Christmas. What the fuck? Unlikely Angel, 
Also on CBS. What the fuck, CBS? CBS has nothing else to show. They're obsessed with paranormal and angels. Dolly Parton, whom I like, mm-hmm. plays an angel who returns to Earth to earn her wings by uniting a family with her large breasts. <laughs> uh, the Munsters' Scary Little Christmas. Aw, that's cool. On WJBK TV, which is Channel 2 Fox. This ghoulish brood from the 1960s TV series celebrates Christmas in their own way. Cheerfully gruesome. Hmm. Uh, so that's the actual, that's like, uh, what's his name from My Cousin Vinny? Um, the judge, but I can't remember his name now. The one that plays Herman Munster, the Frankenstein looking dude, but I can't remember his real name. Yeah, I have no idea. Oh man, he's, a f- oh, Fred Gwynn. Uh, so that's Fred Gwynn and, and the rest of the actual, that might be interesting. Uh, the Homecoming, A Christmas Story, CBS again. The 1971 drama that inspired the long-running Emmy-winning series The Waltons <laughs> stars Patricia Neal as the mother and Richard Thomas as the eldest son in a rural American family during the Depression. So this is the 1971 TV movie. It's not a new movie. This They're just rerunning the 1971 movie the Homecoming. What the fuck? The, the the TV movie that inspired the Waltons television show. Was it really so good they have to show it to us again? I mean, my dad would think so. Um, I, the, you know, do you know, do you remember the Waltons? Yeah, the, a little bit. Good night, John Boy and yeah. all that stuff. Uh, it's a Wonderful Life. <laughs> well, that's on, a classic. On NBC, the 1946 life-affirming classic starring Jimmy Stewart. Starring Jimmy Stewart, <laughs> which turns 50 this year. Well, Merry Christmas, Mr. Potter. Um, Timepiece. Maybe we should discount the, the ones that are classics. Uh, Timepiece, 9 p.m. CBS again. <laughs> Richard Thomas returns in a prequel to last season's The Christmas Box. <laughs> It tells the story behind a beautiful old watch that Thomas's friend bequeaths to his daughter as a wedding gift. Holy shit. (laughs) The Christmas box airs on Christmas Day. So they're playing. Who's going to do that? They're playing the prequel and then they're watching the Christmas at 9 p.m. on Christmas Day. No, no, people, I I pray to God you have something better to do at 9 p.m. on Christmas Day. All right, just two more, Carol. 9 p.m. Uh, the 22nd, the Christmas tree. Finally, ABC gets into the mix. Andrew McCarthy (laughs) from Mannequin fame uh, spots the perfect tree for Rockefeller Center's Christmas centerpiece while flying over a remote convent. The problem is that the tree has its own significance to a man, or to a nun, Julie Harris, who isn't ready to see it come down. So, this sounds what? like this sounds like the world's least important prop. <laughs> Find another tree. Exactly. <laughs> what is it? Does must this tree have double D's? Like what? What is so <laughs> special about this tree? Uh, a holiday to remember. Nine p.m. Christmas Eve. CBS. Connie Selica and Randy Travis. Star in this repeat romance about a recently divorced mother who returns to her childhood town and rediscovers her first love. How is that Christmassy? 
Don't know. It takes place during Christmas time, so it is there for a Christmas movie. Right, like Home Alone. Now, Carol. Yes. Which one, if you had to, gun to your head, would you choose? I'm torn between Dolly Parton's big breasts and uh, the monsters. Yeah, okay, so those those are both. I mean, we could technically watch. No, wait, no, we couldn't. Oh, yeah, we could. What? Yeah, I, well, it depends on how long the monsters thing is. I guess it's two hours. Are you holding a gun to my head? Because I didn't agree to this shit. <laughs> uh, one's on at 8 p.m., one's on at 9 p.m., and they're on Fox and CBS, but they are on the same night, so I think you could only watch the first half of one and then the second half of the, or then the rest of the other. But, yeah, those, okay, so of those two, what do you think? I'm trying to think about what's going to be funnier. <laughs> What's going to give me my Christmas chuckle? Maybe we, maybe whatever you choose, we'll actually watch and talk about it. Uh, I'm going to go with Dolly Parton's big boobs. Okay. Especially as an angel. Unlikely angel. So maybe, if you guys are lucky, we'll watch that. I mean, obviously, It's a Wonderful Life is the pick, but but if we discount that one. We've already seen that one. It's a Christmas classic. And then they go into animation with uh, Frosty the Snowman and one that I think you'd like, A Pinky and the Brain Christmas. <gasps> you didn't tell me that was an option. That's what I want to watch. No, that's Well, that's animation. It's not in the same category. So it doesn't count. Because there's also music and then various in here as well. I want Pinky and the Brain. <laughs> They're Pinky and the Brain. That's uh, on Monday, the 8.30. The ambitious brain launches a scheme to conquer the world by exploiting the resources of Santa's workshop. <laughs> That does sound awesome. I agree to that one. All right. Well, you know what wasn't that awesome? Uh Uh-huh. Was the movie that we watched today, Carol. (laughs) Let me tell you something. Tell me anything. So we watched Jingle All the Way with Arnold Schwarzenegger. And if you thought that we were going to go through this episode without me doing a terrible Arnold Schwarzenegger impression for most of this discussion... You were wrong. Yeah, you've clearly not listened to the show before. However, I will say, this movie had me up for about three quarters of the way. And by had me, I mean reluctantly. Like, mm-hmm. it was it, it was in a ski mask in a park. <laughs> hitting me with a club from behind, but it had me. Right. And I said to myself... Because we watched this with your niece and nephew. Mm-hmm. It's a more of a kid's movie, so we took your niece and nephew. And I said to myself, okay, I don't love this film, but at least it's 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 not offensive. Right. That's why I said to myself, it was I'm like, it's not it's not great. I'm never gonna look back on this and be like, wow, what a great Christmas movie. But it's inoffensive, kitty, fun. You know, and then the last third of the movie, the last, the the final act of the movie came on, and I was like, "Oh my god, what were they yeah. thinking?" The last act of this movie turns into, <clears throat> and I know I've used this before, but oh my god, it fits a Looney Tunes cartoon. It really, really does. Not only with the the effects, 
but just everything that happens. Mm-hmm. But we got to get there. Okay. I mean, I, I want to talk about the third act of this movie. <laughs> There's that's really the that's the cherry on top of this discussion we're going to have. But we got to we got to get there, and I think this movie deserves a bit more of a breakdown than a lot of the movies we talk about. Okay. So we've got Jingle All the Way with Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'm trying to get the Turboman. <laughs> I love the way he says Turboman. <laughs> Looking for the Turboman doll. <laughs> I also love that they make his his character a salesman. Yeah. A mattress salesman. Why? Because... <laughs> Any job that involves talking, you think you wouldn't give to Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> I mean, what about him says, that's what this guy would be good at? Because you're my number one customer. Right, I know. I know in, in True Lies, he was a car salesman, but he wasn't a car salesman. He was a spy. Right. And I think the whole point was, look how ridiculous it is, this monster trying to sell anything <laughs> to anybody. Anytime, I mean, first of all, the man is enormous and he is. and incredibly lean. He's wearing this sweater and it's like, oh my God, this guy's midsection is just so lean, but he's so huge. In his I think arm. it's so funny how much more attention you pay to men's bodies than I do. Well, yeah. Okay. So here's the thing. This is what pe- I think this is what people don't realize, by the way. Um, you know how you'll watch a movie or there's magazines and stuff like that and everything. Uh, showing beautiful women in sexy lingerie, much like you wear sometimes sexy, sexy lingerie and, and all when that, he's lucky and all that stuff. Right. And that's for men. And then you see these magazines like Playgirl or whatever uh, with oiled up guys and, and stuff like that in like short shorts mm-hmm. showing off their muscles and everything. And that's also for men. Oh, yeah. That's not for women. Like a lot of people will say like, oh, you know, it's the guy and the showing off his abs and, and like showing off all these muscles and stuff like what a treat for the women that's not for women that's also for men you know what though it was hilarious to me the other day hmm. my little niece saw a uh, dude take off his shirt and she said oh <laughs> well here's the thing so obviously women and girls can sometimes you know find guys attractive i would assume you know obviously well, yeah um but yeah, in general, I think that's for that's also for guys. It's just a lot of times when guys, I mean, it's it's sometimes it's for gay guys, but a lot of times when guys look at other guys, it's not sexual. You know, like when I look at Schwarzenegger and I'm like, God, that guy is so lean, and like it's more like, man, I wish I could look like that. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, uh, I mean, I don't, I wouldn't want to be quite as as large as he is. He's, you know. He t- I'd take a lot of steroids to get where he got. I wouldn't want you to be either. I think he's scary. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's like, whatever. Not sexual in nature. But uh, I'm not gay, everyone. (laughs) No, I can attest to that. He's not gay. No, I don't care if people think that. But, anyway, I just think it's so funny. And um, everyone in the, like, every time I see him in a movie, I, I want someone to just, like, walk by him at one point and just look at him and go, you're enormous. Like, <laughs> to just point it out. It's like, he's not a normal looking person and right. no one ever, no one ever comments on it. But what I think is funny is they hired Sinbad for this movie. And I think they hired Sinbad because he, Sinbad must be fucking huge. Right. I didn't realize this, 
But he almost makes Schwarzenegger look small. He's ta- no. He's taller than him. He is for sure taller. Like cause they're standing next to each other several times. He's taller than him, and he's at least girth wise on par. Now he's not as muscular. He's more overweight, but I mean he's he's not a small guy, right? So it's it's very impressive that yeah. that they found someone that could physically match Schwarzenegger. But anyway. So he's a he's a mattress salesman, and he's uh, he's a typical bad dad that's working on Christmas and slaving away as a mattress salesman. Come right. on, yeah. So many people need mattresses during the Christmas holiday. It's so ridiculous. You know, it's it's always the what is it that tickle me Elmo doll, right? It's always tickle me Elmo, and it's Cabbage Patch Kids. And it's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and mattresses. Right. Those are the hot holiday, <clears throat> hot, hot holiday toys. Yep, that and uh, Turbo Man. Yeah, Turbo Man. What did, what did the uh, Sinbad keep calling it? Turtle Man. That, yeah. <laughs> like, who wants to play with Turtle Man? I mean, maybe he's thinking of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I don't know. I guess. I don't know. He is a really bad dad. <laughs> yes, he is. Oh, my gosh. Wait till we get to Sinbad's character in this movie. But, so, he's married to Tom Hanks' wife, Rita Wilson. Yes. And lives next door to Phil Hartman, who is hilarious. He is. and He's the highlight of this movie. He's the, like, divorced dad in the neighborhood. And it's so funny throughout the movie. All these moms are like asking him mm-hmm. to uh, fix things for them, and oh, you know, I've got he's I've got the those, right tool for the he, job. He's fucking those women, right? He has to be, and you can see like Rita Wilson, like is she's uncomfortable. She knows what's going on, and she does not like it. Like, but he still thinks that he has a shot. At no point does she want him. No. It's not ever... It's so funny because it's like a secondary threat in the movie, mm-hmm. but it's not even really a threat because she never responds to him. Yeah, because he's icky. Right. And she knows it. He's a walking STD. Oh my God, he is. But, uh, so, what was I... What was I? Where was I going at the beginning of this? I don't even remember. Oh, that's where it was. So... A lot of people might not know this, but we we read the trades, okay? You know, we read the 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 uh, Hollywood Reporter, and we read uh, Variety and all that stuff. No, we don't. He does anyway. So, the Santa Claus the movie that came out a couple of years ago with Timothy Allen, Arnold Schwarzenegger was originally up for that movie, hmm. and I think. He decided not to do it. So I'm wondering if he said, he saw the Santa Claus was a hit, and he said, I want to do, I want to do a, a Christmas movie. Well, did he, like, create this movie? No, I'm just saying maybe he sought it out. Okay, maybe. I mean, I don't know who else they, they looked at for this movie, but. I, I don't think it would have been as funny with anybody else. Really? I don't think it was very funny at all, but I I could see other people that would be funny in. Okay. It. I don't know. Like, it would be different. It'd be a different movie. Right. It'd probably be less violence. I'm just saying, I think some of the comedy in the movie is 
seeing this hulking dude like fumble through these situations. Right. Well, what happens at the end certainly wouldn't make a lot of sense with anyone else. Right. But anyway, so he his sons go into karate and you know, he, that's very that's just such a thing for kids little kids to do now karate's yeah. another hot hot thing. And this little mop-headed kid, his <laughs> his name. So now listen, don't nobody find him. Nobody search around to find his agent. No one lurk through the the back pages of the Hollywood Reporter or whatever, and find his representation and send him letters. Okay, what the hell? I'm just telling people don't harass the dude. But the little kid in this movie. His name is, because I'm going to say his name. The actor's name is Jake Lloyd, and he's terrible. Aw, that's so mean. He's not a good actor. Not even for a kid. There's, he's, there's certain, there's a couple scenes where he, like, kind of almost hits it out of the park. Where he's, but he's wildly inconsistent. And then there's, like, other scenes where he's just, like, I want a terrible man now. And it's like, it's like that is, you're not, you're acting like a kid. You're a kid acting like a kid. You're not just, you know what I mean? Like it's, he's acting like he thinks a kid should be acting. He's, you can see him acting. Okay. He's not just being a kid. Sure. We're not, this isn't fucking Drew Barrymore in E.T. Okay. Who was, you know, phenomenal. Or even the dude that played Elliot, whose name, Henry Thomas. Elliot. Yeah, exactly. Don't tell my niece that. My niece is scared <laughs> of E.T. But anyway, so it's not he's not even Henry Thomas, who also was very good. And maybe because Spielberg's a better director. I don't know. But the kid's not good. I don't like him. Huh. I mean, not I don't like him. He's not a good actor. He's not good in this movie. He doesn't fit. They should have got a better child actor. That might have made the movie better. Might have sold it a little bit more. And I just don't see this kid working much. You know wow. what I mean? The, the one kid that was on that fucking... You're so mean. Well, the, listen, that one kid that was on that dumb sitcom that we watched, the Jeff Foxworthy show, uh-huh. that oldest kid, that, uh-huh. that Haley Osment, uh-huh. he, he could have been in this. Uh-huh. He would have been better. Sure. I don't know. I mean, the movie is making fun of itself the whole time. That's the impression that I get. Really? You think so? Yeah. Okay. So. I think the movie's fairly earnest. <laughs> really? It seems like it. I don't know what the fuck it is. I mean, it seems to me, it just seems like it's silly. And it I does. think the kid's just silly. Anyway, so the plot of this movie is that this dad is a piece of shit and never prioritizes his family and never shows up for things. And he shows up late to the to the karate thing and he misses him getting his, his purple belt, I guess. Yeah. He goes from yellow belt to purple belt, which your nephew had a problem with. Yes. I think your nephew said it's like, I don't know, it's different. Yellow belt's the second one or something. I don't, I don't remember what he said, but... Yeah, I don't know. You guys got into a whole conversation. I tuned out. Sorry. That was boring me. Sorry about that. But anyway, so he gets his purple belt, but the dad doesn't see there. And and his son's like, and this is one of the scenes where he gets it right, where he's like, yeah, you're never there for shit. Uh Uh-huh. Go fuck yourself, basically. But then he 
talks to him about the doll that he wants, and he's like, "I want, the, I want a Tuberman doll," and he's like, "Oh, you got my voice." <laughs> and he's like, "Well, of course, I'm, I'm gonna pr- promise I'll get you one." And then immediately he's like, "I love you." <laughs> yeah, that 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 was funny though. I mean, like, I think that was intentional. That's you not think his that was acting. intentionally funny? Then the kid should have sold that as a joke better. I guess. But they hug and everything, and then they spend some time drawing pictures and stuff, right? Uh-huh. And everything's great with the world. So you can see that he's using his sale tactics at home. Oh. He's selling this kid on the fact that he loves him when he really is fucking selfish. Wow. So anyway, uh, by the way, he shows up to that karate tournament, and there's a janitor <laughs> sweeping up a, just a ton of trash, and there's no one else in there. Did he not see that the parking lot was completely barren of cars? He must have just been hanging on to the bare shred of hope. I mean, he was hours late. <laughs> because he didn't, like, prioritize getting there at all. He just stayed on the phone with clients, and it was, like, ridiculous because he kept getting notif- no- notices right. from his secretary. Whatever. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. No one. He doesn't even have an overbearing boss that's like, you got to stay here. This is just a personality flaw of his. Yeah, he just couldn't walk away from the phone. Which is why I don't think he's going to learn a lesson in the end. <laughs> but anyway, the rest of this movie's premise is he didn't buy the Turbo Man doll when he was supposed to. And there's actually a really good shot. This is maybe the only really artfully good kind of comic shot in the movie, but it's really good. Okay. Rita Wilson is brushing her teeth in the mirror, and he's behind her, Schwarzenegger, but you can't see him. And she says, oh, yeah, you got that doll, right? Because I told you two weeks ago to get that fucking doll. And then she bends down to spit, and the camera, like, pushes in. It's like a stretch shot, you know? It's almost like Jaws, right? (laughs) Where it's like a, a zoom stretch. Right. And... Right in on him, the music kind of cycles up. We get the, oh, fuck. And it's a really good shot. It's very nicely done. Mm -hmm. Kudos to the director whose name I can't remember. Everything else about the movie, dog shit. Um, No, I mean, it's not. The last, we'll get to the last act. Anyway, so (laughs) it's hard to talk about the rest of this movie because the premise of the rest of this movie is making a purchase. Well, okay, he's trying... Yeah, it attempts to buy something. ...to get the Turbo Man doll on Christmas Eve. It's mm-hmm. the most sought-after toy. It's the most sought-after toy <laughs> of the year. So it'd be like, I don't know, what's popular? Like, fucking Tickle Me Elmo? I don't know. Yeah, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> but it's like trying to run out and get the, the best toy at the last fucking minute. It's not going to happen, and he's an idiot for even trying. Mm-hmm. And... His family's issue with him is that he's never there. And they want him to be with them on Christmas Eve and go to the parade with them. And he's not supposed to have to work. Right. He lies and says he's going to work, which if I was his wife, I think he's fucking having an affair. He says to her, she's like, you're going to work on Christmas Eve? And he gets her aside and he's like, I left the doll at work. Oh, yeah. He's such a fucking liar. And she goes, oh, okay. So, yeah, so he goes out to try to find the fucking thing. He would have done better to stay with his family. Right. He would have had a better day. They would have had a better day. I mean, whatever, his son be disappointed they didn't have the toy, but at least he'd have memories. Right. 
And then he meets Sinbad, <laughs> who walks up to him out of nowhere, dressed as a mailman. Do you think that's a costume? Offensive? Huh? Is that offensive? Why would that be offensive? Because of all the mailmen, like, fucking killing people at work and stuff like that. I mean, I know that happened, like, three years ago, and time has cooled and everything, but I don't know, portraying a mailman as someone who's going crazy seems, I I don't know, you could have chosen something else. I, I don't think it was too bad until they flat out said it. He said, going postal, he yeah. said, I work at the post office. Right. Like, he flat out said it. So that, I think, is offensive. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But so he's dressed as a, well, like you said, it's not a costume. He's wearing his uniform right. as a postal worker and driving his postal worker little little truck. That I they guess they work on Christmas Eve. With the, it's on the wrong side. Hmm. The steering wheel. Yeah. That's sad. <coughs> Bless you. Oh, wow. Thank you. That's appropriate for Christmas. Blessings. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I didn't even realize they work on Christmas Eve. But, I mean, I guess with all the packages that need to get delivered and stuff, that makes sense. Uh, do they work on Christmas Eve? I don't I don't know. I, mean, I thought he, they would have Christmas Eve off. Christmas Eve, you don't get mail, do you? He was carrying around a mailbag that had mail in it to be delivered. It's called a prop. And it was falling out all over the streets. Because yeah, sure he was, was a bad postman. It's very official, right? Right. You know what is very official, though, Carol? Huh? We're going to continue this discussion in a minute because we officially need to uh, take a little advertisement break, okay? Okay. Before we get to the uh, the second half of this movie. So uh, just strap right in for a second, guys, and uh, listen to this. Well, hey, everybody. It's uh, Future Mark and Future Carol here. I hate to interrupt you, a little blast from the past, but we wanted to talk to you about another blast from the past. We know you love nostalgia, so we think you'd love Atari VCS. Yeah, I want to play some Atari VCS. You remember those classic Atari games like Frogger and Missile Command? You know what? What? I don't. Like, Like, I didn't play with it. Was it cool? Tell me about it. It was awesome. Awesome. Frogger set a record for the most ways you could die in a video game. <laughs> cool. There was Cubert. There was, uh, gee, wow, you really never even heard of Cubert? No. No, oh, he jumped down blocks and stuff. You would have loved it. <laughs> and Pitfall. Bunch of really good games. The The sports games, see, they got in early, so they, they could just call their sports games baseball. Boxing. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Hockey. <laughs> Well, now Atari returns with an all-new video game system. Play more games on Atari VCS 100. Free Atari Classics, modern PC games, Xbox games, and so much more. You can also watch top movie apps like Netflix and Disney. We watch those. Yeah. Browse shop, get work done with Chrome and Gmail. Atari VCS is the new video game system from the company that started it all. Can't get a uh, PlayStation 5 for Christmas, guys? <laughs> right. Go get an Atari VCS because they got all the good stuff on there. Shop now at AtariVCS.com. Use promo code RLF, that's us, Retro Late Fee, for $10 off any system. Also available at BestBuy.com, GameStop.com, and MicroCenter.com. 
but you might as well go to that AtariVCS.com and use our promo code RLF so you can get $10 off a system right in time for Christmas. Yep, something old will get you playing with something new. That's right. And for a limited time, we have five free game codes. or uh, I, I believe 10 games each. Yes. Five codes that... Or they, 11. Yeah, 11 free games. That's right. You can get 11 free Atari games for your system uh, just exclusively through us. We're going to be doing a little, little giveaway. Check our social medias uh, for... Details, that's at retro underscore late fee mm-hmm. on Twitter. And then just search up Massive Late Fee on Facebook and I think Retro Late Fee on Instagram. And you'll find us. Oh, go to go to our TikTok too. Maybe, <laughs> maybe we'll do something on TikTok. Maybe. You can also check out Retro underscore Carol on Twitter because that's me. Yeah, that's Carol. So uh, check us out on the uh, social medias and uh, go ahead and... Enter our little contest. You'll find some details there, and, and you can win some free games. So, you know, first go buy the system, use our code. Yeah, $10 off. Then go ahead and get in this uh, giveaway and Absolutely. get the 11 games. It's going to be great. We will see you uh, back to the show now, right? Right. All right, bye-bye. Bye. So, continuing with our Jingle All The Way talk here, Carol. Yes. I, this dude... Commits several crimes. Yes, he does. At one point, he threatens Martin Mole with a bomb. Yeah. Which turns out to be a music box. And then he threatens real cops <laughs> with a bomb that turns out to be a real bomb where this this cop's like, I'm on the bomb squad. I was on the bomb squad for 20 years. I could tell what a bomb is. This ain't no bomb. He rips open the package with no safety protocols at all, <laughs> and it explodes. But it's one of those wacky bombs. You know those, you know those crazy wacky bombs that do no damage? Right. They just make your face black? So, yes. What the fuck? <laughs> this was the first cartoon moment of the movie. And it's like, this is not funny. Yeah. What's the tone of this film? Yeah, I didn't like that. Like, There's a lot of violence in this movie for no reason. I think the movie would have been better if, like... Someone burned the prints of it? No, but I mean, like, if they'd just been a little more realistic. Yeah. Yes. I don't think it's a bad story. I don't think that... I mean, there's a lot of good actors. I just... There's a lot of good actors in the world. You're right. <laughs> I don't know why you have a problem with this kid so much. Some of the some of the good actors appear at the beginning of the movie, like uh, Harvey Corman and, and Richard Mull, a.k.a. Bull from Night Court. Yeah. They play the the fictional, I don't know, Turbo Man and rich guy that's a friend of Turbo Man. And then Martin Mull is that weird brain dude that is Turbo Man's nemesis. Okay. I don't know. It's the <laughs> clip of the live action Turbo Man I understand Man that that's it. what you're talking about. I don't really know these actors and like I didn't pay that much attention to the fucking live you don't know action Bull people. Bull from Night Court? <sighs> you know I don't. You know that I'm awful and I don't pay attention to people. He's the bald, the big, tall, bald bailiff. 
Oh, the one that looks like a bald eagle. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's him. Okay. Harvey, Harvey, Harvey Corman was on the Carol Burnett show in the 70s. Well, anyways, aside yeah. from that, <laughs> I just, I feel like there were good bones, maybe. Good bones to this movie? Yeah. Like, the the conflict, like, the, the you They know, both want a Turbo Man doll, and there are none to be had. Yeah, whatever. What? I'm not making fun of you. <laughs> I feel like you are. I'm not. I'm listening to you. <laughs> Please, continue. <clears throat> well, no, I mean, it just, I think it could have been interesting, and there were some elements that were kind of funny, and then it just started to get fucking ridiculous, like you t- said with the end of the movie. I will say that... I can see what you're saying, and maybe the script originally was a little darker or something. I don't know, more serious. At one point, Sinbad sits down, and he's like, yeah, my dad didn't get me the toy I wanted for Christmas, and my friend on the block got a toy that he wanted. He's the CEO of a fucking billion-dollar company, and I'm a piece of shit or whatever. (laughs) And he's drinking and it looks like the guy's kids drinking right yeah it was kind of funny that was kind of funny but it's it's really dark to be like yeah i'm doing this for my kid and i love my kid and i want my kid to have what i never had and we're supposed to say fuck this guy (laughs) because we want arnold to get the right arnold to get the toberman well in the end though yeah they do take care of him so the end of the guys at the jail are going to take care of him. <laughs> Two pumps. Um, oh, Jesus. So anyway, the final act of this movie, Schwarzenegger gives up. He's like, screw this. Carol was right. I'm not <laughs> going to be able to get there. I'm not going to be able to get this toy. I'm just going to go to the parade. So he wanders off to the parade and... Gets there, and somehow, I don't remember how, he gets pulled backstage, and they're like, because someone pointed out how enormous he was. Right, they're just like, that's got to be him. And they were like, oh, fuck, you're here, thank God. And he's like, what? And they're like, come on, get in this costume. And they put him in a Turbo Man costume. And the whole time they're, like, dressing him, and he never says a word. Like, he never says, what are you doing? This isn't me, or... And they and there's a this is somewhat humorous. Yeah. This this part where they're like, okay, so just a couple things different from rehearsal, and then they go through about five thousand things about how this suit works, and they're like, and by the way, uh, the that that accident, you know, thanks for replacing the guy, you really stepped up. That accident in rehearsal, total freak accident, and they even said he's showing some brain activity, so that's a good sign. <laughs> and it's like, yes, that's funny. Because this guy, they killed a guy. Right, basically, yeah. Um, and by the way, this replacement was never going to show up, right? Of there's course never, not. There's never a scene where, they just weren't going to have a turbo man. <laughs> there was never a scene where they were where the guy comes up, he's like, hey, who's in my costume? Right. But uh, Booger from Revenge of the Nerds, who apparently is in everything now, <laughs> is the little friend that all the kids hate, mm-hmm. which is another funny part of this movie coming up. Uh, and so they get on the the float, and he's waving to everybody, and he's like, oh, no, you know. Um, 
and they all think he's Turbo Man, and his his son and his wife are there in the audience with his son's little chubby friend, <laughs> who's a better actor than that the kid. And they're like, "Oh, it's Turbo Man! We love Turbo Man!" <laughs> and the guy's like, "Hey, there's a special, uh, completely I don't know, like special edition doll of right. Turbo Man, the special Turbo Man doll." Uh, and you get to choose a kid to give it away to. That's... Uh, how convenient. Yeah, that was kind of ridiculous. So he points to his kid and his little friend's like, nah, he's pointing to me. No, he's pointing to me. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, a microphone like, <laughs> appears in his helmet so he can talk. And someone turns. We just... We never see who does this. We just <laughs> cut to hands turning up a mixer. It's just like, okay, well, I guess so. And he goes, Jamie. <laughs> and he doesn't he doesn't twig immediately that it's his dad. Right. And he comes up, he gives him the Turbo Man doll, and with no explanation whatsoever, Sinbad punches out the guy that's supposed to be the villain and dresses up like that brain villain dude because he knew Schwarzenegger was gonna be there. Was he following him? What was going on? Yeah, that didn't make a lot of sense. You're right. So then he's like, no, I want that doll. Give me that doll. He starts chasing. Jamie. He starts chasing. Yeah, Jamie. The little boy. Yeah, he starts chasing the little kid. Chases him up on a roof. Gets him in a position where he's dangling (laughs) over the street. And he's still like, give me that toy. And it's like, what is fucking wrong with you? You're both about to die. (laughs) So they, well, he's been drinking all day. Right. So they don't die. He falls on a parade float or something like that. Uh, Jamie gets rescued by his dad because he's like he keeps giving him tips. He's like, hey, use these. And he's like, as soon as he says use something, it's like it's a voice activated. As soon as he says <laughs> use something, these things appear in his hands. And he's like, oh, and he starts doing it. Right. And then he, uh, he, he activates his jetpack. Like the guy wears on the show. And so dumb. Real life working jetpack. Yeah, does such a thing exist? No, world changing <laughs> technology. Just being thrown away at a fucking Minnesota holiday parade. Right. What the hell? <laughs> they just gloss over this. Oh, real working jetpack. And he's, yeah, he's able to use it to save his son. Right. Who does not recognize his voice? No, he lands and he's like, oh, now you'll save Jamie. And uh, <laughs> Jamie's mom, you're so pretty. And she's like, oh, you know, I'm married though or whatever. And like, none of, neither of them recognize the most distinctive voice right. in the entire world. And then he takes off the helmet, which is barely covering his eyes. And they're like, oh my God, it's you. <laughs> she's like, what's his name? I can't remember his name. The uh, character's name. Yeah, I don't know. But she's like David or whatever the fuck no. his name is. She's like, uh, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, like she thinks he's hot because he's Turbo Man. Like, what's up with that? He always had muscles. It's not like he was some skinny dude. Now he has muscles. Right. He's he's just trapped in a plastic veneer now. Yeah. Maybe she's a plastic fetish. Maybe. <laughs> That's why she's got that marital aid. Anyway, <laughs> so... Yeah, but I, it's so funny they don't recognize his voice. Yeah. So then Jamie says, you know what? I'm going to give this toy to Sinbad. 
He's like, hey, I don't need your fucking toy. My dad's the real Turbo Man. Give this to your fucking kid. <laughs> and that's exactly how the eight-year-old child talks. And he does... Apparently his son, I, I guess the cops are just going to let him keep that doll till he can get it to his son. Yeah. Or they're going to deliver it to him. I don't know. Cause he's being arrested for the many crimes he committed in his terror spree across <laughs> Minnesota. Yeah. That's the movie. <laughs> and it's ridiculous. Like the third act is the, I, I don't, I don't even know if I can adequately describe the effects and how bad they are. They they're it's essentially animation. <laughs> well, don't forget about the whole scene with the reindeer in the second act either. That was pretty damn ridiculous too. Yeah, the reindeer that hates him for some reason and then he punches him in the face. And like he breaks into the neighbor's house to steal the turbo man and he sets their fucking house on fire. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is Kind of deserved because the guy was putting his star on the tree. Yeah, that that that's equal. <laughs> well, he was trying to fuck his wife too. Yeah, that's true. At one point, he's like, I, "Ever since you asked me how I make this thing or whatever," he's like, "I've wanted you." It's a weirdo. Yeah, like that. That turns you on to talk about cooking. His little kid was all like, "Yeah, my dad was a piece of shit till he got divorced, and now he's awesome." Because he's getting late all the time. Right. That's why, little kid. And he's like, yeah, maybe your dad can get divorced and become cool. <laughs> that's that's awful. But instead, so so Arnold Schwarzenegger didn't show up to his karate meet. Right. Didn't buy him the toy that he wanted. Right. Completely fucked that over. Uh, was selfish and, like, you know, bad the entire movie. Locks into somehow being shoved into a Turbo Man suit at the end, becomes a hero to his kid, and, and like is like, I'm going to spend more time with you now, both of you. I, I'm not going to neglect you anymore. And it's like, you didn't learn shit. You got lucky. Yeah. <laughs> he really didn't. I don't. I, I guess you're right. I They're mean, going to make did... a sequel to this movie where he's just like, uh, I sold a thousand. 8,000 8, mattresses. <laughs> but I mean, he did see Ted putting the moves on his wife. So, may, and he was a little scared about that. So maybe that Eat did something. Cookies. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that changed him a little. Maybe we'll see. Well, I guess we won't see because we're never seeing another <laughs> in this universe. If they again. come up with a sequel, I really don't know that we'll oh see it. Oh my God, I'll burn the cinema <laughs> to ground. Like it's fucking Phil Hartman's house. Okay. Yeah, not good. Um, needless to say, I do not recommend. I wonder, though, will it be worse or better than Dolly Parton's Christmas special? Well, we're going to see. <laughs> Unlikely Angel, I believe it was called. Right, right. All right. Well, we will see you next time, guys. Uh, Carol, you know, do your thing. So go ahead and write us at latefee1994 at AOL.com. That's where to do that. And check out our website at www.retrolatefee.com. Uh-huh. And share the tapes with your friends. Yes, tell everyone you know about this show. We will see you next time. Bye. Bye.